Hey, thanks for tuning in to the On Call Empath. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. Uh, She's been on my podcast a couple times, and by popular demand, I decided to bring her back. Her name is Amy Fiedler. She's uh, a well-known life coach that helps people regulate their emotions and just kind of tells us uh, empaths and highly sensitive people, especially the people pleasers, how to communicate effectively. In this episode, we're going to actually take a deep dive into how to cope with ghosting. If you don't know what ghosting is, it's basically when you're uh, talking to somebody like a friend or a boss or a co-worker and then all of a sudden they fall off the face of the earth and then you hear crickets. So you, you don't know where they went, they just took off. It can be very triggering, especially the empaths out there. I know for myself, you know, it can be very hard for somebody to wrap their head around like, where did this person go? They were so nice and they were helpful and then they just disappeared. It can lead to confusion, feeling dismissed, being neglected, abandoned. So we're going to dive into all of that. And, uh, you know, Amy, she's uh, one of the best uh, coaches that I've uh, come across so far. So uh, I definitely stick around and uh, hopefully you guys get something out of this episode. So with that said, let's get started. All right, guys, we are back with another episode with my favorite guest. Her name's Emily Fiedler. She's been on my podcast a couple times. I highly suggest you check out the past episodes. But with with all the requests that I've been getting, I decided to have her back, and we're going to be talking about the topic of being ghosted. Uh, Amy is an expert. Uh, she has a uh, background in regulating uh, emotions. She helps clients with people pleasing and communicating e- effectively. Uh, Amy, welcome back to the the podcast. You were one of my first uh, people that I've had on this show, so and favorite one. So, how you doing today? <laughs> I am flattered. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be back here and, and especially to talk about this important topic. Yes. And like you just seem to really connect with the empaths. Uh, I, I noticed I get a lot of comments after our podcast. So I figured, you know, I've been getting a lot of things on ghosting. It's been happening to me during the uh, COVID and after the COVID and everyone's on edge. So I figured, you know, why not just do this topic? Um, like every episode, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that obviously this is uh, just for entertainment purposes. Uh, so it's not medical advice whatsoever. Definitely, if you are having any mental health issues or physical issues, definitely see a qualified physician or a doctor. So with that said, Amy, what have you been up to these days? <laughs> I, well, I, I am now officially a first-time aunt, auntie, uh, Amy. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. So I actually get to meet my nephew for the mm-hmm. first time this weekend, and I'm excited about that. But uh, I mean, otherwise, I'm just kind of you know, head down doing my work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's been uh, quite some time. I know, like, you know, last time we spoke, I mean, we, we talked about people pleasing and just, you know, how to deal with, 
you know, manipulating people. But in this segment, I just want to focus on ghosting and just kind of figure out like why it happens. Because what I've noticed, especially with the empaths that tune into this, this podcast, what they have told me is like when people vanish, they get either like flashbacks, they get, you know, they get triggered, they feel abandoned, neglected, uh, mostly confused. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, because you seem to have put a lot of stuff on your your Instagram as well on this topic. What's what's the psychology of that? Why is it easier just to like not say anything to somebody and just think it's okay? You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just vanish on you, but you know, it's no big deal. Like, why do people do that? Um, well, there's a few reasons, but mostly it's rooted in, in their own insecurities and inability to communicate honestly, right? So the majority of people disappear and, and kind of go silent, or in other words, ghost, uh, because they are uncomfortable communicating in that moment with that person, whether that communication needs to be them having an honest and transparent conversation or they need to set a boundary for themselves, they get uncomfortable and they don't know how to cope. So they just avoid that interaction and hope that you'll take a hint. And and it's unfortunate because as you said, if you're on the receiving end of that, uh, you feel abandoned, rejected, you know, you're left kind of in confusion, wondering what's happening or, or what took place. Did I do something wrong? Didn't I, did I say something wrong? So, you know, I, I get a lot of flack, Raj. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the <laughs> posts that I put up about ghosting are usually some of the posts on my page that go the most viral. And I don't use that word lightly. Like it hits, um, upward of 10,000 kind of likes and comments and not, uh, it goes nuts because people don't, and I really want to make this distinction clear because it really needs to be out there. People don't fully understand what ghosting is. They think and they right. confuse it with, oh, I, I told Raj that I couldn't talk and he kept trying. So I'm just going to go and give him the silent treatment because he didn't respect me. That's not ghosting. Ghosting means you're actively communicating with someone in your life, right? In some capacity, whether it's daily, weekly, whatever. And then all of a sudden, one day, they're not responding to you. There's no indication as to why or that there was a problem. There was no communication on their end to indicate they couldn't talk, right? So a lot is kind of left to assumption. But the other side of it is that. If you communicated to someone and said, I'm, I'm unavailable right now, or I'm really stressed out right now, and I just can't get back to you, that's you setting a boundary. So you at that point, if someone oversteps and, and they don't respect it, you going silent or not answering is not ghosting. That is the distinction that needs to really be made clear. Mm-hmm. So... I just want to just distinguish this for the audience. So like, let's say you're having a bad day and um, you just don't feel like talking to anyone. You shut your phone off. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's but what, what we're talking about is like you and me are talking supposedly. And then all of a sudden, you know, one day you just 
stop talking to me and I don't hear anything from you. I text you. I don't hear anything. Then I just assume like, okay, I probably did something to piss you off or you're thinking this. Then I go into a frenzy. I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? Because I don't remember saying anything. And then I stress out. So then what I find very... I guess disturbing is many people that do this type of behavior, which has happened to me a lot, where people are like, they're talking to me, they're my best friend, they're laughing, joking, they want to hang out one day, they call me, and then they're gone. And then let's say a month goes by, and when they they call back and they're like, hey, how you doing? It's been a long time. And then they act like nothing happened. Now, as an empath, we're not the type to confront that person and be like, wait, wait, hold on. What what just happened? Like, where were you? Oh, you know what? I was just busy a little bit. I, you know, it's I was just taking some time off. In that case, Amy, what what would you tell me if if I did something like that or, or anybody that's listening? Like what what are what is the protocol for that? How do you handle somebody that's that? I don't know if you want to call that manipulative, but uh, I just I don't like that. <laughs> it, it triggers me. Well, nobody likes it, right? Like, no, you're not alone. It's not just empaths that don't like it. Nobody likes being treated that way. And, and you know, just in reference to not liking that behavior, the confusion about that behavior is that you immediately, when you're on the receiving end, as you said, you immediately start to wonder what you did. And the reality is, is that the person that disappeared or, or ghosted you is really the one that feared confrontation and feared the communication and feared the abandonment if they did communicate. But you end up Mm. feeling that way. Right. So that's the irony of it. But in terms of like what to do, like what is the actual protocol? um, I am a strong proponent of communicating directly and, and honestly with people. And I've been ghosted personally many times. And I've handled it a little differently each time, but as I've gotten older, where I kind of fall into is the pattern of just outright saying to them, like, if you don't want to communicate with me anymore, or we have a problem that I'm unaware of, let me know, because I can't respect it unless you tell me what it is. And if they answer or not at that point, it doesn't matter. And that's where people get mixed up is that you communicating is always really for yourself first. You know, you harboring those emotions and kind of dwelling and fearing as you were expressing, like wondering what did I do and driving yourself nuts is not going to be healthy for you. But if you know in that interaction, you said like, hey, I'm, I'm confused right now. I don't know why you're not answering me. If you need some space, just let me know. And you approach it in, in a way that aligns with your character. If the other person is remotely mature, and I emphasize that, remotely mature, they will be capable of communicating what they're needing or wanting. Yeah, I've, I've had instances, I mean, in a work capacity where this has happened and, you know, the the other person they'll turn it around on me and they'll be like, look, man, you're, you're a little sensitive. I'm not always by my phone 24 seven. You're expecting me to answer every text. And, and it's not, it's nothing like that. They, they start exaggerating and trying to make it bigger than it is. Because, yeah. Because I say, Hey, you know, I just sent one text saying, Hey, if you're, if you need some space, 
I gotcha. But like, if I didn't hear anything, I, you know, I, I don't know if something happened to you or right. if, you know, some like emergency or something. So yeah, I'm going to follow up, especially if I care about the person, but when they deflect, I think that's where a lot of the empaths and highly sensitive people, that's where they don't want to go in that territory. And I just want to point out, like, I know that on your Instagram, you were, um, on a couple of your posts, you uh, had written like some rebuttals um, on a text, let's say, and um, one of them, which I really liked, which I writ- written down, it said, you know, when you're writing something to somebody is, is this you ghosting me? I enjoyed getting to know you. I wish you well. And I like that because it's short and sweet and you're not being you're not being an asshole. You're being considerate and you're not taking the blame. You're not putting any blame on anyone. So I think that's the biggest thing that if anyone's listening, you never want, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but like you never want to shift blame on somebody and say, Hey, you've been avoiding me rather than if you just say, Hey, this is how I feel. I feel like that maybe I've done something to offend you. And I like that approach. Yeah, you you you're hundred percent right. You wanna take ownership over how you feel. You don't want to project or blame or accuse because that's never going to to give you a good reply if they even reply, right? Like right. you you get what's the saying? You get more bees with honey than <laughs> right. So right. You know, but you have to be authentic and true to your character. I can understand it's a frustrating, like I said, I've been in it and it's very hurtful, especially if you are a sensitive person. And and let's speak to this since those are your listeners, right? Like when you're a sensitive individual, you're very empathetic and compassionate and understanding towards other people, more so because you've been somebody who's been hurt and you don't want to hurt others. So when you're in a situation like this, the last thing that you want to do is, is usually like own your emotions in that moment if you're not aware, right? Because you're, you immediately take blame and feel bad and maybe make excuses for them, but it's painful for you. So, you know, this is where really understanding that behavior pattern is key. If you understand the person that ghosted you is really the, the, the one who's insecure is really the one that's afraid of abandonment. You probably are too, which is why them not speaking triggers you. But them not speaking is their own unhealthy way of coping. And that in and of itself should be, and I use this word lightly, a red flag of sorts to indicate this is not a person that is quite yet equipped to be in a healthy friendship relationship or dynamic of any kind because they don't know how to communicate in moments where they're uncomfortable or they need to set a boundary or there's conflict. Yeah. And, and I've like noticed, like, I mean, there, there's people that I've, you know, interacted with, they've, you know, fall off the face of the earth and then they contact me and I'm sitting there talking to them and then I ask them, you know, what happened? And granted, some some people have legitimate, like this person was going through a crisis. I get it. Okay. So I didn't hold it against this person. I mean, I've known them for a long time. And I, and I said, you know what? I totally understand. You know, if that was me, I would want someone to understand where I was coming from. But, you know, on my end, yeah, I, I just thought I did something wrong. And I was open 
and I, I was communicating. So I wanted to talk to you about communication. What would be the best way to go about that to kind of mentally prepare us and, and put us in that right mind frame? I would look at it more like I want to be mindful and, and intentional with my words and my actions here because I want to stay true to my character and how you would kind of prepare to do that before having that interaction or sending that message or having that phone call would be for you to really honor and acknowledge and validate how you're really feeling, right? So that would be the first step is like, this really hurt me and I'm not okay with having friends who are willing to just disappear and not let me know what's up, right? So once you acknowledge how you really feel, that kind of brings you some sense of clarity in terms of the boundary, right? Like I just said, the boundary would be in, in my hypothetical example here, I'm not, I'm not okay with having friends who are willing and capable of doing something like this. It's not a matter of me having to morph into what's good for this unhealthy person. It's more me recognizing this is something that hurts. It's not something I would do to anyone. So it's not something I'm comfortable with. And like, sure, I can be understanding when there's like a sudden problem, but when it becomes repetition, when when the pattern repeats, then it's a then it's a character flaw at that per- point. They're making a choice to behave that way and not holding themselves accountable for it. So you get the clarity from the validation of your emotions. And once you have the clarity, then Figuring out how to communicate that to the individual in a way where you're speaking from the I perspective, as I always say, and you're not blaming or accusing. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, I, w- I, I When I speak, let's say to any, well, to anyone, but like my mom is a great example. She didn't ghost me, but I have to really practice not blaming or sounding like, cause I know how she can hear my words, right? Extremely intentional when I communicate with her and how I own my emotions is I'll say, I understand you might not perceive this this way. However, the way I perceive it or the way I feel it or the way I experience it is X, Y, and Z, right? So in terms of like someone ghosting me, I might say, I understand you you might be stressed or busy or going through something and you might not recognize that you know you going silent is leaving me confused. However, I'm confused and unclear if you don't want anything to do with me, if I might have hurt your feelings or you just need some space. And if you could let me know what it is, I'm more than happy to respect it. And that way, you give them an open door to, to answer you without feeling attacked or judged. Because remember, again, as hurtful as it is on the receiving end, they are the one who is deeply insecure. So you're taking the brunt of it, mentally and emotionally, but really they are the one that's operating in a place of fear. So when you kind of leave that door open for them to own their behavior, and listen, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's it's not a large percentage of people who will walk through that door, okay? Mm-hmm. Like if there's somebody <laughs> who's at the place in their life where they're ghosting people, they're not really at a a, a healthy place with themselves. So 
I, I communicate with anyone who's ever ghosted me and some people have responded. Some people haven't, some people popped up months down the road and explained their behavior to me. And I said, you know, I appreciate that now, but could you understand that it felt this way at that point? And, and that's just not something Mm -hmm. I care to entertain moving forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the other aspect of it, and this is kind of spun off from ghosting is like you, you have acquaintances. We have a lot of people that we know, and then you won't hear from somebody for quite a while. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, they'll contact you. And when they contact you, they're going to be like, Hey, how you doing? You know, what have you been up to? But in the back of their mind, uh, they actually need something. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, sure. there's a way, way to do it. But I've had a couple instances, cause I know you have your own business. You're a coach, mm-hmm. you know, um, if I was a client and I'm like, Hey Amy, and I haven't talked to you in a while and I was trying to get, you know, get something from you. Let's say, uh, let's say I needed some pointers or I needed some, you know, I needed some coaching. Yeah. And so since we are friends, yeah. I assume that you're going to help me. And, and just, this is one time, Amy, like five, you know, just not too long, you know, just if you can give me like a, a quick session and if I can pick your brain nope. now, 90% of people that are empaths, <laughs> I, I, well, I can't put a number on it, but I know at least for myself, I would be like, Hey, look, I'm a professional. I know what I'm worth. You know, I, I can give you a couple pointers, but I'm not going to spend a full session on you. If you, you got to do it. I mean, cause they feel like they're special. They have that special guest pass, like their friend. Yeah, but you're pass. Over explaining your boundary. I know this happened to you too, but so how do you, how do, <laughs> how do you, how do you do, do, you know, deal with this other than hanging up on them? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, I never, well, so that's the thing. Like that's the thing people love and hate about me is that I'm, I'm never going to hang up on you and I'm never going to avoid you. Right. Oh, we all know that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good thing and and a healthy thing, but it's an intimidating thing for people because they work up with the courage to approach me and they're going to get an answer whether they like it or not. And in terms of like people like that, I mean, I've had many, many, many uh, in my life. And the reality is, is that I'm very clear on my own boundaries and those boundaries stay consistent across the board. So, you know, you would just tell me like, I can't do it, even though we're friends. I'd say I like, I understand you're needing help and here's the link to purchase a session. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think I'm all with you on that because that's, I mean, I get a lot of people that approach me as well and our time is valuable. I I agree with you a hundred percent, but then there's those people since, you know, Amy's a nice person or Raj's, you know, a nice person. I'm sure they'll make an exception to well, the rule. <laughs> you know, but here's the thing about the boundaries. And this, I think, is what will help you understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I and people make fun of me, but it's it's essential. I am very clear on the differences between mm-hmm. colleagues, clients, friends and family. Right. And so friends, like I have a very small circle of friends, but I have an understanding that people who have engaged with me many times or, you know, have worked alongside me or whatever, consider me a friend. 
but I, they fall into a category of colleague, right? Or if they paid me, it's client. And therefore those specific boundaries for the colleagues or the clients, they might be a little firmer than those who are actually my like real in-person life friends that I, that I see and interact with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, but when people listen and, and, you know, like you, you're online (laughs) and you have a business online and people come to know you and listen to you. So they feel like they know you and they feel like you're your friend. Mm -hmm. And I get it all day, every day. It doesn't matter. You see me every time in my Instagram story saying, Like, I can't answer your personal questions in my DMs. I cannot, you need to do the one-on-one session. And I, and I communicate it though, in a way where I'm not saying or over, like, I'm not saying no, and I'm not over explaining. I communicate to them, listen, I am more than happy to provide you support. It sounds like you're struggling with X, Y, and Z. So Mm -hmm. I give them something. Right, you 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 don't leave them empty-handed, but right. do you th- do you think that they might like try to scratch, you know, try to scrape some more? Like, oh, if I can yeah. get this much, I'm going to take this much more. All the time they do that, but yeah. but then I follow it up with my nice little paragraph. <laughs> of, like, <laughs> number one, it's not fair to you for me to have this conversation with you in the DMs because it's not private or confidential. You're going to type me paragraphs that I more than likely will screenshot, hack up and put in my Instagram <laughs> story. And I can do that because we haven't signed a confidentiality agreement like we do if you pay for sessions with me. So that's number one. Number, I mean, number two, whatever. I've lost count. The next part of it <laughs> is that... Um, it's not fair to you. And that's how I say it. Cause it's true. It's not fair to you. It's not private or confidential. It's not fair to you. You're not getting my undivided attention. And the third is I can't provide you proper support when I don't have a full emotional history. I don't have your behavior patterns. I don't have full context. So it's really the people that are desperate and in need that pop in my DMS and they think, and expect some sort of black and white answer to their problem. And they don't recognize that in, at least in my approach to my work, I need full context because the answer to that person is going to be different than the answer I give Raj about maybe a similar issue. Cause it is a struggle, not just for myself, but I know a lot of empaths do have problems asserting themselves uh, and, and just not sure when to say no, because they want to say no, but they can't. They say yes, because they think that if they say no, they're going to upset that person and then they're going to leave them, whether it's a friend or even an employer. If your boss asks you to stay late and you don't want to and you don't have to, but you say it because you're afraid if you don't do it, they're not going to like you. And then and you don't want that. Well, a lot of paths are people pleasers or codependents. <laughs> So, so their conditioning from a young age has been that they fear that backlash or that punishment or somebody withholding love, attention, affection from them. So like, that's what really has fueled that empathy in them is that hurt child in them, you know, 
And so when you grow up and, and that's been your conditioning and you get older, suddenly you're super sensitive to other people's feelings. You start to take responsibility for them. And then you don't want to say no because you don't want to hurt somebody. You don't want conflict, right? So if we snowball off of what you just said you do in those situations, and let's say you got to a point with yourself where we didn't have this conversation and you are frustrated, you give an inch and they take a mile. Well, if you're unhealthy and you don't reflect and you don't ask somebody like me, hey, what do I do here? (laughs) what that would lead to for an unhealthy person is ghosting because then they'll read the message and leave you on red because they don't know how to handle it. And, and that's one thing I want to point out is I want to know, like, I want to know if I, how somebody reacts when right. I say no, because if obviously if I say no to you, Amy, you know who I am. We've, we've communicated in the past. Like you're not going to like, I hopefully don't take nope. it like, you know, to heart and, and just block me where somebody that's unhealthy, when I say, no, I'm not going to help you with, you know, whatever the podcast or how to download this file or whatnot, then all of a sudden they're gone. They're disappeared. Uh, they don't answer my text anymore. That's how I know that that's a type of person that I don't want even in my life. Like why I want them to say, uh, get angry because at that point I'll know that that's somebody I don't, I don't want to be around because if they taking offense to, you know, trying to push my boundaries to get something for free, it's not going to happen. Well, yeah. So you being really honest about what you need and want really weeds out the people that are not right and will not respect what you need and want. Right. So in most cases, it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means they're not a person for you that can meet your needs and wants. But a lot of people who react you know, reactions are significant. They they show what's going on inside of you mentally and emotionally. So if I say no to someone and the first thing they do is block me, that tells me more than I <laughs> know about that person. You know, like I'm not a right. block happy person. Blocking in my world is ve- the very, very last measure I take after I have communicated to you, I've set a boundary and you continue to overstep. Then I will get to the point where I will just remove your ability to access me completely. But that's not my first step because I am not at all a reactive individual. I have the ability to communicate. I'm I'm confident in it. So, and I understand this is why it allows me to not take it personally. I understand that your reactions and responses to me are not is they're not reflective of me. Yeah, and then the other part of it is, um, you know, the mind games, like, for instance, if let's say for just using us as an example, it, you know, if you told me, no, I'm not going to give you, you know, any coaching. And then I went ahead and I did something, let's say I did something good for you. Like, let's say I, I got you a client and then I email you and I tell you, Hey, you know, because I did this for you, you owe me. And that's like that, that contract. Uh, I don't know if you read the, uh, the four agreements. Yeah. Like in one of those uh, agreements is like, you know, we care what other people think. And when I do something good for you, there's this underlying contract between you and me that's not verbal. So -hmm. it's understood that now you have to do something good for me, but there's nothing written on that. And that's, that's where a lot of empaths trip up is because now 
they're expected to do something for that person, even though you didn't ask for it. You didn't ask me to do something nice for you. I did it because I wanted something from you. So now I'm going to just put my hands out and be like, hey, okay, Amy, anytime now. In that sense, (laughs) would would you be like, hey, I I appreciate you, you know, get me, you know, this business, but I'm still not going to do that for you. And then at that point, there's going to be two things. That person's going to get upset or they're just going to accept it and be like, okay, that's fair. Cause we didn't handshake on anything or we didn't have anything written down, but right. that's, and, that's where a lot of people, you know, slip up a little bit. Well, I think, you know, in terms of people who are, who are highly sensitive, they don't function well when there's a lack of communication, like left to assume things, they are sensitive. And they're sensitive to their own emotions and they're sensitive to other people's emotions. So they get confused and they take too much responsibility that's not their own. And therefore it it just creates this, you know, this problem within them because they are now, they don't know how to function in an authentic way. And they, and they don't know where those boundary lines lie in terms of their behavior and somebody else's behavior, Right. So, you know, what I would say to those listening in your audience is that like as a general rule of thumb in their lives, if they consider themselves empathic or highly sensitive, then their number one boundary should be that they want people around them that are capable of communicating clearly, honestly, and directly, because then they will always know where they stand and they will be capable of, you know, taking accountability when necessary and doing their own work to grow because it'll be a very clear distinction between this is mine and this is not mine. But, you know, that's that's why, uh, you know, you'll see in the comments under those ghosting posts on my page, you'll <laughs> see, well, I mean, listen, I monitor the comments <laughs> and I'm very open about that because I I really hold my position and, and my platform in high regard. And I know people come there and they literally make life-changing decisions off of what they're reading. So for me to have comments that I'm not regulating and, and some random that doesn't know me, doesn't follow me, pops in and gives their unsolicited opinion and somebody reads it, they're going to get confused. So I will eliminate the BS. But when, before I do, if you ever catch it, you'll see people saying shit like, well, just get over it. Like them being yeah. sad is a boundary. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not. It's not unless they've already communicated one. And again, that's that clear distinction between am I respecting myself or, you know, or am I, or am I being ghosted? Like, or whatever, are they respecting themselves or are they ghosting me? Because that's the one thing that needs to happen. Somebody needs to tell somebody, Hey, I'm not interested, or I can't talk to you anymore. I don't want to, or I need space. Somebody needs to let you know first. But, you know, I, I do, I love, I love the people that pop in and they're like, just get the fuck over it. And you're like, <laughs> no, I, I've noticed a couple of your stories you, you did write like, Hey, you know, cause I think people were trying to uh, DM you and they were asking, you know, t- for help. And that could yeah. be like dangerous because obviously there's nothing signed and it's just written. So that, that can't be, you know, good. So that's why I really, when you put that, you know, on your uh, story saying, Hey, 
and you, you just communicated with everyone. Like, if you want to do it the right way, you go to the, my link, you could fill out, you know, what you need to, and then we can do it just like everybody else. But I'm not going to just answer a quick question. You do, especially in business, you know, like, yeah. and an online business, because there are no visible boundary lines, right? Like if you owned a brick and mortar shop and somebody walks through the door, they're in your space. So you have every right to remove them from that space if if you've deemed their behavior disrespectful. But in in online world, in internet land, the I mean, you would think you're on my page, right? But then they use the the excuse of but it's public, mm-hmm. but you put it out there, and it's <laughs> like sure, but you're missing a lot of context here. I'm running a business. I'm qualified in my field. I am helping people. People pay me to listen to what I'm telling them. The information I put here is for free by choice to help more people. So, you know, you coming in and just lashing out or or calling me names, like, you know, it's just... just, Yeah, it just shows you how much hurt that person is going through, like, in their lives that they can't communicate properly. Yeah. And I, and I think honestly, Raj, like as a whole, like we are in a society where people really seem to praise the clapback, right? So they, they love going on a celebrity's page and seeing somebody say something ugly and somebody clap back at them and, and really kind of hit oh, them. Yeah. Like, and that's for entertainment. But if you, but it's not funny to somebody like me who's who's helping people with behaviors like that. I look at that and I go, there is hurt on both ends. If like I am one of the wittiest people you'll meet, but at the end of the day, I choose to to not quip off mean comments to people because I know that it's really reflective of what's going on inside of me. So with that said, I hope everyone that's uh, listening, the empaths, highly sensitive people, you guys learned something. I know I did. And it is tough, especially if you've been through trauma and uh, you're a people pleaser. It takes practice. And uh, if you haven't already followed Amy, definitely follow her. In fact, Amy, if you can just tell us where we can find you again, just to the audience. Absolutely. They can find me on Instagram at Amy, the life coach, one whole word, or you can find me on Twitter at Amy, the life coach, or go to my website, which is amyfiedler.com. There you have it. Thank you so much for coming back on my show. You're always welcome back. I always have a great conversation every time. So thanks. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. All righty. There you go. There's another episode. We got much more coming in. Also, if you can please let me know how I'm doing on Apple iTunes, it really, really helps me out. Uh, If you can rate and share this episode with anyone that might be going through a tough time. With that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath.